welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Today we're going to talk about first things first. I want to talk about first things first. Jen talked about being planted and we called it, you can go online and listen to it, it's called Palms and Cedars. I think is what we called it. But today we're talking about first things first. And what I want to talk about today is what God is looking for from us. What God's looking for from you. Lots of times churches get bad raps. Christians get bad raps because uh, people think that Christianity is just about a religion. And I want to tell you something today, right off the bat, right off the get-go that Jesus didn't come down from heaven to earth to die on the cross for you and me to form a religion. That's not why he came. God wasn't up in heaven saying, you know what, Jesus, man, those people that I created, they are out of control. We need somebody to go down and give them a bunch of rules and guidelines. We need to tell them how to have church so they know what's okay to do, what's not okay. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what you've believed. I don't know what your friends and your family has said to you. But the truth of the matter is, is Jesus didn't come to die so that you could have a religion. Jesus came down from heaven so that you could have a relationship with him. And I want to show you a few scriptures today that back that up. We're going to look at, we're going to go right away to to John chapter 10. Starting at verse 10, it's super familiar. It says this, the thief's purpose. Now, the thief is talking about the devil. Have we heard of the devil before? We've heard of the devil. He's no good. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. And my purpose, this is Jesus talking. So Jesus is saying, my purpose, the reason I'm here, the thing that I came to do is this, is to give them, the word them is talking about all of us. It's talking about all of you. It's talking about your kids. It's talking about your parents. It's talking about your grandmas and grandpas, your great aunts and uncles. It's talking about uh, anybody that you could ever think of. So he says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus came to give you a satisfying life. The enemy, the devil comes to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy things in your life. If you can look in your life and you can see destruction taking place, if you see destruction taking place in your marriage, if you see destruction and death taking place in your body, if you see things happening in your mind that aren't normal and aren't healthy and aren't right, guess what? That ain't from Jesus. It's not from Jesus. Because Jesus said, my purpose, the reason I came, That's what purpose means. It's why I'm here. Is to give life and life abundantly. Or here it says, a rich and satisfying life. Who wants to have a rich and satisfying life? I know I do. I don't want to have a crappy life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it's just the truth. I I want to have a good life. I want to have a happy life. I want to have a satisfying life. I don't know about you, but when I go home at the end of the day, I don't be like, this was the worst day of my life again. And then tomorrow, oh, this... Today was worse than yesterday. And then the next day, this day was worse. I just have a crappy life. And that's, that's not what I want to live. Jesus wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. What does that look like? What does a rich and satisfying life look like? It looks like healthy relationships. 
healthy thoughts, healthy mind, healthy body, overflowing, that your marriage is healed, that your marriage is restored, that you're, that you're walking in relationships with your kids are good and healthy and right, that you're not fighting and dealing with frustrations on every front, that you are, like the Bible says, more than a conqueror. I don't want to be defeated in life. I want to be a conqueror. So Jesus says, listen, the enemy came. His reason for being here is to steal from you and to kill you and to destroy you. But my reason for being here is to bring you life, to give you a rich and satisfying life. Let's look at Luke chapter 4. This is Jesus talking again. And this is, another, this is Jesus saying, this is who I am. This is why I'm here. So Jesus just said, I came to give you a satisfying life. And then here in Luke chapter 4, he says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. Verse 19 says this. The time of the Lord's favor has come. Go back to verse 18, J.D. Look at that. This is Jesus talking. And this is Jesus talking about why he came. To bring good news to the poor. And that's physically poor. That's emotionally poor. That's spiritually poor. That's relationally poor. If you can look in your life and you see poorness in some area of your life, Jesus came to bring change to that. To bring the good news to that. He sent me to proclaim, to tell all the captives, hey captives, I'm here to tell you something. Guess what? You are released through me. Do you have captivity somewhere in your life? Can you look in your life and say, I have issues in my life that are binding me up, that are holding me down, that are keeping me in chains, and I can't get free of them. Jesus said, guess what? Good news. I came to tell you something. Hey, yo, you're free. I came to pay that price for you. That's why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come so that you could come sit in church and feel good about yourself. Jesus came to do these things, to give you freedom, to give you life, life. Okay, okay, okay. So you'll be released that the blind will see. Now listen, he's not just talking about spiritually blind. He is talking about spiritually blind, but guess what, man? Jesus is also talking about the physically blind, the physically sick. Jesus came to bring healing to you and to me and anybody who needs it. I don't know about you, but, but there are times in my life where I need some healing from Jesus, where there are things wrong with me that I cannot get fixed. And where do I need to go when that happens? I run to Jesus because this is the reason he came and that the oppressed will be set free. Oppression and depression are running rampant, aren't they? They are everywhere. It seems like everybody deals with oppression or depression on some level or some front or another. And guess what? Jesus came to set that free as well. You don't have to deal with oppression. You don't have to be squashed down. You don't have to be oppressed. You don't have to be depressed. Jesus came to lift you up and say, hey, I came for you. I came to bring life for you. And that oppression and that depression that you feel, guess who brought that to you? Well, it's a guy who said, I came to bring uh, death and I came to steal from you and I came to bring destruction. It ain't Jesus. 
was the devil that does that. If you can look anywhere in your life and you can see those things happening, if you can see stealing from you, stealing your joy, stealing your happiness, stealing your peace, stealing your peace of mind, stealing relationships from you, stealing your health, stealing your marriage, stealing of any kind, if you can see that taking place in your life, guess what? That ain't Jesus. It's the enemy coming to try and to steal from you and to kill from you and to destroy you. But Jesus came to bring you life. Why am, I, why am I telling you this? We're talking about growing our relationship with God. So why are we talking about who Jesus is? Because so many times the world has a false understanding of who Jesus is. And I want to make sure that we're all on the same page moving forward about growing in our relationship with God. Because to grow in a relationship, you have to understand the role and the reason for the relationship. I was reading a book last week. It's called Reimagining Evangelism. And the guy in there was talking about when he met his wife. He said when he first met his wife, they worked together at this company and they did not get along at all. Like they, they, they just fought with each other. They worked together. They were, both, they were both Christians, so they should have known better. They should have learned to act right. But for some reason, you know, we're all people too, right? So sometimes we say and do things we shouldn't do. Can I get an amen? amen. I love how Andre's like, amen. Just... <laughs> I'm owning it. I say the wrong thing sometimes, and I know. So he said, when him and his wife first started working together, they did not get along. And um, their boss forced them to work together to deal on these issues. And slowly they started having these feelings for each other. And he said one day they had to sit down and have a DTR. Do you know what that means? Then why did you make that noise? <laughs> He said, we had to have a DTR. And I, when I read that, I was like, what is he talking about? Then he went on to explain it. And he said, a DTR stands for determine the relationship or define the relationship. And there are times in our life when you need to understand what a relationship's purpose is so that you can either decide to move forward in it or pull away from it. And I'm here to tell you today that the design and the purposes of Jesus is to be in relationship with you, and that relationship is designed to bring life to you. So Jen was talking about last week being planted in the house of God, about how you need to be planted to grow and to flourish. And today I'm talking about how you need to understand the 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 foundation of your relationship with Jesus, who he is, and not just who he is, but who he wants to be to you. There's a big difference between understanding who Jesus is and then understanding who he is to you. I can know all about Jesus, but what I want to tell people about is who Jesus is to me. What has Jesus done for me? What has Jesus done in my life? What are things that I've seen Jesus do that nobody else could come and take away from me? Because that's why he's here, to bring a real relationship, not religion, not come to church and sing three songs that are fast, two songs that are slow, take up an offering, somebody does announcements, somebody gets up and preach, and we all go home feeling good about ourselves. I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's not what God had in mind when he sent his son to the cross. Oh, I'm going to die on the cross just so these guys can have a good church service. It's worth it. 
Listen, the gathering of the saints is important. Please don't hear me saying that church is not important because church is important. But what I'm saying is, a lot of people think that this is the point when the point is relationship with him, a connection with him, not a set of rules, not, a things, not, not like things you have to do when you've messed up, made mistakes, and you're like, oh, I messed up again, and the rule says I have to go do this, and the rules say I got to go do this. It is about relationship. It is about relationship. It is about relationship. When you go back to the very beginning of the Bible in the book of Genesis, at the very beginning of the book of Genesis, when God made uh, Adam and Eve, the Bible says that in the cool of the day, God would come down in the garden and walk with them. What does that tell you? It tells you that God is interested in spending time with you. God is interested in having a relationship with you. God is interested in you getting to know him. I want to show you a story in Mark chapter 5 that shows this, that illustrates it well. Because we can talk about Jesus, we can talk about God wanting to be in relationship with you all day long. But it helps to have a story to show you the practical aspects. It helps to have a story to illustrate what God actually did. Mark chapter 5, starting at verse 24. Just before, like in the previous 24 verses of this chapter, Jesus has got in a boat and he sailed across the lake to this island where this crazy guy was at. Crazy. Bible says the guy was so crazy, he said he was possessed, so crazy that this guy uh, ran around the island naked, couldn't keep clothes on himself. They would try and chain him up and keep him away from everybody else, and he was so crazy he'd pull the chains off and just run around. <laughs> Think of a crazy person. You got a crazy person? Don't, don't look at me. <laughs> that doesn't count, man. I'm pretending to be crazy, Chad. <laughs> the Bible says this guy was crazy. Everybody was afraid of him. Just, I mean, first of all, the guy was naked. That's scary enough. You see some naked dude, you, you run away from a naked guy if you see him. This guy was naked. They would put him in chains, and he would bust these chains off, okay? Because he was crazy. He was possessed. Jesus goes over there, heals this guy, sets him free. This is one of my favorite stories because it illustrates who Jesus is so well. This guy encounters Jesus. The Bible says that he is possessed. His name is Legion because he has a thousand demons in him. And Jesus comes and sets this guy free, which is exactly what he said he came to do in Luke chapter 4. We just read that, right? So Jesus sets this guy free. And then... This guy shows up and wants to get in the boat with Jesus and go with him everywhere. He wants to get into relationship with Jesus. This guy set me free. I want to be around him. I want to spend time with him. Jesus says, no, you know what you need to do? You need to go back to your friends. You need to go back to your family. You need to go back to your high school. You need to get on your camel and drive all over the place and go tell everybody what I just did for you. So they get in the boat. and They're coming back from where they just came from. They get on the shore, and the Bible says there is people everywhere. It says there's people everywhere. And that word in the Greek is implying, has anybody ever been to a sporting event? The kind of sporting event where, like, you leave, and there's so many people there that you can barely walk, and you do, like, the crowd shuffle. 
And there's always like those people that are like pushing you out of the way and walking through you and you get really mad and angry. Have you been there? Okay. Oh, I have. I've been there. I've been in those places. That's what the Bible is talking about. It says overcrowded, crushed is the word that it's using. And it says in this place, Jesus gets out of the boat and there's people everywhere. And the Bible says that a man named Jairus showed up and this guy was uh, the leader of the synagogue. He was a Jew. And his daughter was sick and dying. And he comes out to Jesus and he says, hey, you need to come to my house because my little girl is dying and I need you to come see her and heal her and make her better. Just so you know, Jews did not believe in who Jesus said he was. Right? We all know that Jews didn't believe in Jesus. And so this leader of the synagogue, who was the Jewish temple, shows up and he's like, I need, my daughter is sick and dying and I need her to be healed, so I'll do anything. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you're so desperate for something to take place that you will try anything? Yeah. That's where this guy was at. So he shows up, he's like, you need to come to my house. So verse 24 is where we pick up. So it says, Jesus went with him, being the leader of the synagogue. And all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she got no better. And in fact, she got worse. We're going to stop here for a second. Jesus is on his way to go see this guy and to go heal his daughter and to go take care of this guy. And people are crowding around him. People are crushing him. There's people everywhere. And in the middle of that, he is walking to go see this place. And there's a lady in this crowd. And the Bible says this lady, she had an issue of blood. The King James, the New King James calls it. She was bleeding for 12 years. Bleeding nonstop for 12 years. Think of how weak you would be. Think of how tired you would physically be. If you're, if you're just bleeding nonstop, you're losing iron out of your body, you are going to be tired, right? Am I alone in this understanding? Okay, okay, we all understand this. This lady's tired. But she says she, she'd gone, she'd suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she'd spent everything she had to try and be made healed. She had tried everything, and guess what? None of it worked. None of it met the needs she had. None of it healed her. And in fact, she got worse, and to boot, she had spent all her money trying to get better. Verse 27 says, she had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard about Jesus. What did she hear, do you suppose, about Jesus? I imagine what she heard about Jesus was the things that he had been doing. About the crazy guy that was running around naked. Because you know a naked dude who's crazy that gets set free. People are going to be talking about that, right? Hey, did you, you know the naked guy on the island? Yeah, 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 the crazy guy around, that couldn't keep chasing. Guess what? Naked dude is, he's normal now. What, naked dude's normal? Naked dude is normal now. I saw him, he had clothes on and he was at Subway. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He said he met this guy and he's, he was healed. So she had heard about Jesus. And so she says, she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Verse 28 says, For she thought to herself, this is what she thought to herself. You know, I've heard about this Jesus guy. I heard about who he said he was, and I heard what he said he's come to do, and I've seen him heal people. I saw the naked dude get healed and set free. 
because I saw him eating a Subway sandwich, and I've seen the people that were raised from the dead, and I have seen the people that were blind be set free and their eyes opened up. I have seen and I've heard these things take place. And she says to herself, you know what? If he can do that for those people, I bet he could do that to me. And she says, If I can just touch his rope, he doesn't have to pray for me. He doesn't have to give me all of his attention. He doesn't have to focus on me. If I can just touch his robe, she says, I know that I'll be healed. Now listen, here's the thing about this lady. In the Bible, she was a Jew, and in their their laws and in their regulations, because she was bleeding, she was what was called unclean, and she had to stay away from everybody else. She couldn't be close to anybody because she was ceremonially unclean. So she had to stay far away. And when she walked around where people were close by, when she walked around, she was supposed to let everybody know she was unclean. So they would stay away from her. I'm unclean. Don't touch me. I'm dirty. I'm dirty. Please stay away from me. I'm dirty. Don't touch me. I'm unclean. Could you imagine the shame and and the condemnation you would feel from having to walk around for 12 years telling everybody, hey, Stay away from me. Stay away from me. I'm not clean. I'm dirty. Please stay away from me. But what does she decide to do? After 12 years, she is at her wit's end. She's like, I can't take this anymore. Nobody can heal me. Nobody can make me better. I've spent all my money trying to get better, and it ain't working for me. I've heard about this Jesus guy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sneak into that crowd. I'm going to sneak into that crowd. I'm not going to tell people I'm unclean. I'm going to sneak in there like a spy. She says, I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to be that person that when you're in that crowd, she's walking through. She's like, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. Everybody's like, oh, did you see that lady? She just cut me off. And she's going through, she's going through, and she says to herself, if I can just touch Jesus, if I can just come into contact with Jesus, if I can just touch his cloak, let me see, if I can just grab this, just touch it, know that I'll be made whole. Verse 29. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and he asked, who touched my rope? Who touched my rope? Who touched my rope? I want to stop here for a second. Here's the irony of this story. Everybody was touching Jesus' robe. They were crowding around him. They were all walking together down the streets. They're all squishing up on him. Everybody's trying to get Jesus' attention. Everybody's trying to get Jesus to pay attention to them. They're all touching him. But there was something different about this woman's touch from everybody else that was pushed up on him. So many times in our life, we are touching Jesus, but we're not touching Jesus. It says, verse 30, there was something different because as soon as she touched him, Jesus realized that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turns around, he says, who touched me? Verse 31 says this, his disciples said, look at this crowd pressing around you, Jesus. Are you for real? How can you ask me who touched me? 
But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Verse 33 says this, Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. Now let me get this to you. This woman broke all the Jewish laws. And in the Jewish law, if an unclean person touched a clean person, guess what happens? This clean person just became unclean because of me. So she broke all the laws. Everybody she touched, according to Jewish custom, she made them unclean. But she was so desperate to see Jesus move in her life because of the things that she had heard and the things that she had seen about him that she just knew, you know what, it doesn't matter. I need this so bad, I'm pushing through this crowd. So when Jesus isn't giving up and saying, who touched me? And his disciples say, everybody's touching you. Jesus is still looking at her and he's like, no, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me that was different than the way everybody else has touched me. There was something different about this touch from this person. There was something different. And Jesus is looking around. He's like, who was that? Who was that? Who was that? And this woman realizes, oh, man, I'm caught. I'm caught. The Bible says she came. She knelt down in front of Jesus, trembling and afraid because she'd broken all the laws. She'd broken all the rules, but she was so desperate, she didn't care. She needed a touch from Jesus so bad that she didn't care. So here she is before Jesus, not knowing what Jesus is gonna say to her, not knowing if Jesus is gonna give her trouble, not knowing if Jesus is gonna say, you know what, you're a bad lady. You broke all the rules. Let's see what Jesus' answer was. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Jesus wasn't concerned about the broken rules. Jesus wasn't concerned about people being ceremoniously unclean or clean. What Jesus was concerned about was someone coming into relationship with him and touching him and being transformed by him and leaving that place set free. John 3, verse 16 and 17. It's one of the most well-known scriptures in the Bible. It says, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 says this, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save it through him. That's why Jesus came. He wasn't interested in condemning that woman for coming to him to receive exactly why he said he came. I'm telling you today that Jesus is alive. We're coming up to Easter, and Easter is when we celebrate Jesus' resurrection from the grave, when we serve a God that died and rose again, and he's alive now like he was back then, and the things that he did back then, he can still do now. I don't know what's happening in your life. I don't know what's happening in your body. I don't know what's happening in your relationships. I don't know what's happening in your mind, but what I do know is that there is a God and his son, Jesus Christ, wants to be in relationship with us.
And inside of that relationship is everything we need, is the healing, is the wholeness, is being set free, is the shackles being broken off. That is what he desires for us more than anything. That's why he came and went to the cross for yours and mine and anybody the Bible says as far off as you could think or imagine, he came for freedom for those people. Why don't you stand up with me? Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.